0: Welcome to What the Freak. Today, I'm speaking with my good friend, Lisa Jean, the vitality goddess, did I get that right? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> it's kind of a longer one to remember. It's a good um, one, though. It's a good one, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to have Lisa on. Um, we actually really only met in the last, what, like six months or so?
1: It's been a blur,
0: I mean. I'm like, when was that first sound <laughs> healing that I went to that I met you at Corbin's house? Like really, I knew about you, like I kind of seen you on social media a bit, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really know you. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really cool experience just getting to know you through the Conscious Clubhouse community Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just in other ways, taking a trip to Globe to sit in a a little ceremony together was a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just super happy to have a, a conversation with you. Yeah. So would love we'd uh, if you wanted to share a few more details about yourself for those who are listening who don't know who you are, we'd love to invite you to do that.
1: Cool, well thank you for that wonderful introduction, Nathan. Um, yeah, so just a little bit about me. I'm still on a little journey of discovering who I am, as we all should be, I suppose. Um, but I've been working on sound healing for the last year now, a little bit over a year. And so that's where Nathan and I met in, the, in that space. And um, I just have a huge passion about building community, tapping into communities, connecting communities. Um, I'm just a huge nerd and I'm a huge student of it right now. I wouldn't say I have a a set role, but it's just something that I really enjoy studying and it makes a lot of sense because my background is in sociology. Mm. Um, I went to college for that. So yeah, that's just what I I'm super passionate about community healing, community healing, <laughs> um, <laughs> and just everything in between all of those little worlds that pop up in between all these activities that we do within community. Mm. So I guess that's how I introduce myself.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs>
1: and on the side, I guess I do, um, I work with herbs. I actually brought a herbal smoking smoking blend for you today. It's a nervous system blend. Um, has a bunch of different herbs in there just to soothe the nerve, soothe the nervous system.
0: This um, for me? Yeah. What? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: You can smell it later. It smells really beautiful. Um,
0: I can barely smell it through the bag, yeah. but a little bit. Oh, well,
1: good. I'll we'll preserve it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and um, I've noticed with that herbal smoking blend that it's just really helped me cut back on my cannabis use and develop more of a um, ritual um, habit around cannabis rather than like a habitual. So, um, I'm still working with that a little bit and discovering what that looks like. Mm. And then I also make jewelry. So just a whole little other side thing about
0: me. A L- little bit of everything. Yeah. Multi, multi-passionate person is yes. one way I would describe yes. it. It's... And
1: just always following your passions, I think, is what's going to lead you to whatever you define as success. mm mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the first place I'd love to dive into, because um, you were bringing it up just before we started this, is this concept of self sustainability and community, and, and just that whole little conversation we started to have. Like, what? Can you just speak a little bit? Maybe create a little basic context first for that conversation, and then just go into like what what most is drawing you. To exploring that in your life right now?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so before we started the podcast, Nathan and I were just speaking on what I'm passionate about and what's been coming up most in my life. And within the last year, I've really been focusing more on living within community, um, both rurally and urban as well. And, you know, just diving into how do we change the world? Because I think most people want to do that right now, especially with how things are going in the world. And um, people are really seeking a community to be able to fulfill those needs. And so what's been coming up for me is, you know, how do we focus on that, um, making a difference? And for me, I've noticed it's like starting within, and what that looks like to me is becoming what I would call self-sustainable. And um, once you're self-sustainable, then you're able to magnetize the people in your life that you're meant to be building with, that share the common goals. And they're at the similar stages in life as you are, Mm. similar periods of growth or seasons, if you will. Um, And you guys can all just come together and build something together. So self-sustainability and community, they go hand in hand. And I'm still... Unlocking what that really means, the term self-sustainability, but I just see it in terms of just if you look at permaculture and the principles of sustainability and how that works, it's just very interesting to maybe go off of the ideas of what um, ecological sustainability looks like and how you can transfer that into a community model of people and self-growth and community growth, and I believe it's starting small. You know, uh, cells grow um, based off of just one cell, and then, you know, we started as just one cell, and then became Mm. a clump of cells, and the cells became the systems, our organ systems in our body, and we became this living, breathing being. Mm. So I believe that, you know, making a difference in the world, you have to start small and you have to start within and then grow outward into your communities. So that's, I guess, what's been coming to me lately. <laughs>
0: just just some light conversation for, yeah. uh, what is it, a Monday night?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. It's, is it, it is Monday.
1: I don't even know what year it is
0: anymore. <laughs> God, what dimension are we in, really? <laughs>
2: what the freak? What the
0: freak, seriously. Uh, yeah. I Thank you for just laying a little bit of context and groundwork to, to have this conversation, because this is something that maybe I haven't put it into words yet in some of the ways that, that you have or dove deep in, in certain specific ways you have. But I definitely resonate with this concept that you're bringing up. And and a couple things are coming up for me that I'd love to hear a little bit more of your perspective on. Um, the first one is, what do you believe it takes for a human being to be self-sustaining? Like if you had to, you know, lay it out for us, kind of like what's the inner landscape or what does a person's life look like? Like, how do they know, how do I know if I'm self-sustaining? What elements are required? Similar to like, as you could probably describe it ecologically, like how would you describe that for like the inner human experience and like somebody's life?
1: yeah it's a great question um i did reflect a little bit on this topic um as it came up and just looking at you know i think we're all in one way or another uh, i wouldn't even use the word victim i think victims not the best word to use but for lack of better words victims um, of trauma and other similar things that we experience in this world you know nobody's free of experiencing trauma and, you know, when we experience trauma, it does something to our bodies. It it like manipulates the DNA, if you will. Mm. And if we don't address that, it will show up in just personal things that are going on in our lives that we carry with us like anger, you know, lower level frequency of emotions like guilt or shame. Um, and so I think confronting those first is very important to achieving self-sustainability. But you know, we have to also first be honest with ourselves as well, because you know, if we're not honest with ourselves and we don't see it for what it is, then we're not even recognizing that that's a problem in our lives, and it may be pouring outward to other people around us um, in how we carry ourselves. Um, and so, that's a good question: How do you even know if you're being mm. self-sustainable? So. I think being honest with yourself and, you know, always seeking the truth of anything and becoming a little bit more, you know, objective on your reality is is just the most important thing to first becoming self-sustainable. So, yeah, mm. that answers your question. I, there's so many layers to it.
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that's... Uh... It's a really good starting place, if, if nothing else. And yeah, just having that awareness is I think a huge step of the process. I'm definitely like, as you're speaking, like relating that to certain pieces of my own life mm-hmm. and noticing how me becoming more fulfilled and just solid and grounded and anchored in my life. and becoming more like having everything I really need for mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. has a lot of that come from me getting really honest with myself and noticing what I have, what I don't have, what I need, what my desires are, um, and and like what what is really maybe the piece of me that is like furthest behind and how can I like bring that up Mm -hmm. to like the other parts of myself, like bring it up to speed Um, which is not always easy to do because even just to gain that awareness can be very challenging. Um, I think like one way I've gained that awareness is through practices like yoga and meditation Mm -hmm. has really brought a lot of things to light. Uh, Working with plant medicines has been another way Mm -hmm. that I've been able to bring some of that awareness or even just getting reflections from coaches or friends or healers um, has also been a way to do that so I think there's probably a variety of ways that different people you know can get that awareness in different ways but I think that's such a beautiful foundation for creating what you need for yourself I know for me personally one thing that I've gotten stuck in a lot is trying to like, Go outwards first to try to meet my needs. And it always falls short. It doesn't quite do it. Yeah. I don't quite ever get there mm-hmm. when, you know, let's say I'm hyper focusing on just my diet and like just trying to eat the nutrients that my body needs. That might be important in a part of the picture, but unless I'm looking at like the deeper aspects of like what nourishes me in all ways, like what do I need to be nourished? in every way, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, socially, whatever it might be, there's a lot of different ways that I need nourishment. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it's, I've come to a greater level of self-sustainability, which I'm still very much on the journey of, mm-hmm. of going deeper with by really noticing a thing that I'm using to try and satiate myself and like look at what's underneath that, like right. what's deeper. How yeah. can I, like, see the thing under the thing? Mm-hmm. And and there's always another thing under this yeah. thing, it always. seems. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just, like, one, one thought that's coming up for me on how I can relate to, like, yeah. the concept you were just talking about. You know,
1: it's interesting because um, what I learned in college, and I just went back to recently, it's been so long, but <laughs> it's, like,
0: you went it, back to college. You went back to the thing you learned in college. The thing I
1: learned in college. Okay. Was, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> just, just clarifying. It's funny. I think it, I think it was brought up in a conversation to me, and and just that idea got stuck when I was thinking about what we're talking about is, um, I believe it was a psychologist um, that created this pyramid, and it's the pyramid of needs, Maslow's pyramid of needs, and. Yep. Um it starts from the bottom and works its way up and of course the basic need for everybody is you know core stuff like food and shelter and water you know basic survival needs mm. and um as you go further up you'll see that community actually comes before self esteem which I thought was very interesting and I had this conversation in several different circles that I um run in you know and um, someone brought up the fact, well, you know, he's only human, so he could make an error too. And mm. it was interesting to me because personally, I believe self-esteem should come before community. Otherwise it's implying that we're reaching outside of ourselves to achieve that self-esteem. Um, which makes sense. I mean, everybody does need community in order to function. Um, we can't all be doing everything alone. Um, so it's a very interesting, um, push pull almost like maybe they should even be on the same level rather than opposite um so i just found that very interesting and going back to also the self-esteem and what is that and ha- and i believe it ties into the self-sustainability um i think at the core it's like everybody just wants to find the truth and know their purpose here so mm. Um, I think purpose is a big one. And I don't know if it was on the pyramid or not. I'd have to go back and look, actually. <laughs> um, but I think that should be at the very core, something that we figure out and make it a point to know in our lives. So purpose, mm. and what does that look like? And you said you found it through, you know, meditation or, you, or, you know, various plant medicine ceremonies, stuff like that. Um, for me, it was... I I, I was peeling back, I peel back a lot of layers all the time when I do this, but just connecting with my inner child and really looking at who I was as a kid before, you know, life happened to me. (laughs) And, you know, before we experienced certain traumas and everything, like who were we at our very core? And so I think that's a huge part of doing the work and becoming self-sustainable is connecting to who you really are, um, truly are. Um, before like I said, life happened to you
0: hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah that's i am glad you brought that up i I really connect with that concept recently, and I'm just realizing this now that i'm I'm reconnecting with a part of myself that I feel like I lost when I was really young, mm-hmm. and this has kind of coincided with um me releasing my single, my debut single this last week.
1: Ooh, congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, cuz like the song, the energy of the song is just like pure fun. Like it's just so fun. It just makes you want to move. And and I just felt like there was such a childlike sense of joy and like innocence that I really put poured into this creation, into this art that when I was really young before I experienced intense bullying and and other things um I was like a happy kid like mm-hmm. so joyful so pure just like heart on my sleeve if I I was just smiling and running around like that's like my image that I remember of myself when I was really young and and then at some point that changed mm-hmm. and I started learning that it wasn't okay to have emotions and to express those, especially as a boy. Mm -hmm. And, and I started to shut down. And then I went very stoic for many years, Mm -hmm. and didn't show any emotions and still am on a journey of letting those come out more and letting that be seen. And um, so it's beautiful that you bring that up, because I I really resonate with like that, that part of yourself that you were before Mm -hmm. like, the trauma and just like, Harsh realities of the world hits you. Like Mm -hmm. there's something special about that.
1: Yeah, I can totally relate to what you just said. (laughs) Also bullied, you know, and that plays a huge role in your life when you're ostracized by your community like that. But that's the only community you really have. So I think that really, I think that instills like just how much more important community is than the typical person would realize. You know, I think both you and I have experienced like how important it is to be around others and socialize and everything. And I think, if anything, being bullied, at least for me, made me a master of my craft, you know? Mm. Like just knowing Mm. how to navigate rejection and knowing how to navigate like being ostracized, it kind of makes it makes you in one way or another a warrior when you become an adult. But like you said, like at the expense of maybe becoming a little bit more closed off too or like, you know, I guess it's it depends on if you confront the trauma or not as well. Um, But I was totally had that thought on my way here. Just, you know, it's it is hard for me to express emotions sometimes as well. But when you just allow yourself the time and know that everything's in seasons and, you know, there's no emotions coming up, that's not bad either. It's just being in flow with it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that last piece you just said of of I think at its core, most things are just neutral, mm-hmm. right? Like there's not necessarily good or bad, and we kind of put our own perception on mm-hmm. them, our own judgment, our own, we kind of make it a yeah, thing. Lens. Yeah, <laughs> lens. Those of you listening, uh, Lisa has some yellow heart sunglasses <laughs> on. Um, so she's seeing the world in yellow right now. It's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> very happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, I feel like in my life, right, I put on blue lenses for most mm-hmm. of my life—the lenses of depression, the lenses of um, just hiding away and and seeing the world through those lenses. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful reminder, and I'm so glad you decided to go down your co- to your car to get your glasses mm-hmm. um, because it's really reminding me in this moment that we get to choose what lenses that yeah. we put on mm-hmm. and that's like a skill that we can learn yeah. and there's different tools that can i think help us to do that right. and and then we get to view the world in a different way um, and for me that also brings up this idea of there can actually be multiple perspectives that coexist at the same time yeah. You and me could be looking at the same thing mm-hmm. at the same time, but with different lenses on. You're like, no, I swear that this is blue. Yeah, I swear this is yellow right now. And I'm, no, I swear this is blue right now. Right. Or this is red. You know, And it's like there can be so many different views that we're literally looking all at the same reality, the same thing. But through our own lenses, it completely changes our mm-hmm. experience of it. And I think that's something that's helped me to find... A lot deeper inner peace the last year especially is just realizing, oh, yeah, like every person is just seeing the world through their own lens, Mm -hmm. through their own perspective. And, yeah, I probably would think that that person's an idiot if they're saying something's blue when I clearly know it's red if I don't realize they're wearing a different lens. Uh But once I realize that, and there's probably a good reason why they see the world in that way, and I actually don't know that person, I don't know their experience, even if I know that person, I don't know the totality of what they've gone through that has Mm -hmm. maybe forced them to wear a certain lens, and that's all they know how to wear. It's like, it's helped me to let go of a lot of judgment that I had around other people's perspectives. And just have like a deeper compassion, mm-hmm. um, as well as self compassion. Right. When I feel like I can only see the world in a limited way, and it's it's so much easier just to be hard on myself. But you know, realizing like, okay, like it's probably just because I've been wearing these blue lenses for so long that I'm seeing things this mm-hmm. way. Let me give myself a little more space and and open my heart a little bit more, and you know, find the spaces that I can do that. Yeah. Um, which
1: and is it's the programming too, you know. Lenses are the programming and the programs. It's we're just like operating systems. So if mm. you think about it in terms of that, it's uh, we've downloaded all of these programs from society throughout our lives. Um, whether they're true or not, though, is you know it's up to the beholder sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think the the self sustainability is just becoming brave enough to possibly see that you have the lenses on and becoming brave enough to just test yourself to see like what the world might look like without the lenses. And that's what what's so important about going inward and starting with yourself first because once you take those lenses off, you can see like the world for what it really is, and you'll see like the people that also have those lenses off, and you kind of attract each other, and there's this, mm. there's this magnetizing that goes on.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You're like giving me this vision right now yeah. of, so I'm like imagining someone, right, who has sunglasses on like Mm -hmm. you but they're wearing like all the colors at the same time or they can like switch them out you know they can like pop one up and other Mm -hmm. ones on Mm -hmm. and so it's like i'm almost imagining you can like go into different environments where everybody in this environment is wearing blue and you can pop your blue shades on and be like oh yeah like i see what you see and i feel like that's like part of my mission and my purpose is to I've always been a bit of a chameleon of sorts, Mm -hmm. and I can just understand different people and and go in and out of different communities. And I don't fully belong to almost any one community, except maybe mostly just the ones that I have created. Mm -hmm. I feel most at home or like most belonging, but I can navigate in and out and to a degree at least, like resonate and be a part of those communities and see how they function and live and, and experience life in a different way. And I just find it so fascinating that so many human beings experience life mm-hmm. in such different ways. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it based on their lenses, their perception of of themselves, of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that's just kind of a trip to even just think about.
2: Yeah, that is. <laughs> All the
1: lenses and the colors. And it makes you very flexible of a person, but you can also lose yourself in that too, like the chameleon thing or I don't know if that's what imposter syndrome is. I keep hearing that word. Mm. Um, but that's what I would think of is just, you know, um, taking, I think it's important to just like take time to yourself to come back to who who are you and who you really are. So that's why the inner child thing makes so much sense to me because that was just, you know, so long ago, but so solid. So to go back to that is just, you know, um, finding your center point or your anchor. So that's why I guess it's just so important to go inward and then come back out when you're ready and recognize that you go in these seasons, you know, of ebbs and flows. Mm. And then to go back into all these different communities too is to um, just, and it's so important to know yourself. So important so you don't lose yourself in, the, in any which way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think what you just said really illustrates uh, what you were saying towards the beginning around the whole Maslow's like hierarchy, and maybe these should be on like at least a similar level. It's mm-hmm. like I, I learn things about myself by being in different communities, mm-hmm. right? And I can like gain self awareness and actually learn to love and accept myself deeper through community, and yet I also do need those times where I just take a step away from everyone else's perspective, mm-hmm. and and really just go deep within myself and remember and and connect to deeper frequencies of my core vibration, what I'm emitting, mm-hmm. um, and it's like an ebb and a flow. It's like a balance sometimes, and I think both are valuable. Um, it's like if I just sat on a mountaintop and just meditated with myself, sure, I could go pretty deep with myself, but I probably wouldn't understand too much about other people and other communities And if I just live around other people all the time, then I'm going to not be connected to myself. So I think there's definitely value in both, as you're saying, and and probably a a unique balance for Mm -hmm. each person to find what's their best like frequency and seasons and all of that.
1: Yeah. And I think um, I think a lot of people have been learning that within the last couple of years, too. Um, I noticed that like I used to be a huge traveler I would travel alone a lot I got used to it Um, I was all over the place never really grounded and then you know with everything that happened within the last couple years and I know a lot like myself as well as a lot of people I know like moved back home to be close to family Um, people that were traveling a lot like I was like decided to ground down a little bit more and find like uh, not not necessarily a forever home but you know a home to like stay and be solid at and other people I know that were like that and never left the house or you know never left their town or were just really secure in where they were like they're all over the place now like experiencing mm. things that they were afraid to before and for me I guess it was kind of scary for me to ground down and now that I have you know it's teaching me so much about how I was kind of running away from that and seeking outside of myself um, through my travels, which I don't regret. Uh, they like have shown me so much about myself and what I was carrying with me wherever I went and how like uh, it was a really fun form of escapism and I wouldn't take it back for the world, but like mm. it was definitely a form of escapism that was a lesson in my life that needed to be learned that way and it was a beautiful lesson. Um, But yeah, it's just learning what are we escaping from like within and are we going outward with it or are we going more inward and where's the fine line like you said.
0: Mm. Wow. I I love how you described your experience there. I just want to like reflect this back for a moment because it felt really powerful, which was I think your specific words were, you know, I don't regret like my escapism mm-hmm. it's like you, you you're you taking full ownership just over your experience to take any of the judgment or charge out of it of like what that word even means mm-hmm. but like i just felt you really owning your experience and acknowledging like the two sides of everything mm-hmm. it's like you got to explore and really push your edges in that way and and had some amazing experiences mm-hmm. and and probably also had some challenging mm-hmm. experiences as well and and Maybe in a certain way, it was very authentic for you to explore and to, you found pieces of yourself. And maybe also a part of you was running away from things or was scared to experience something different, more of like a grounding energy. So I just wanted to reflect that back that I think that's super powerful to have that level of self reflection and awareness and just ownership of your experience. Cause I feel like, you know, At least in my life, I've a lot of times really judged when I've done things in my past Mm -hmm. and and have kind of pushed them away, uh, things that I maybe regretted or Mm -hmm. was at least partially doing for maybe not the best reasons. Um, One example of that that I can relate that I feel like I'm continuing to take fuller ownership, probably still have some more to go is, is I went a little too deep with plant medicine for a while and really you know, went, went off the deep end a little bit, which I have now a lot of friends who have done something similar. And it's like, I started with very genuine purpose and intention and still throughout, uh, showed up with as much reverence and intention as I could to each ceremony. And even still, I ended up doing a little too much, too close together and, and got very disconnected from myself in certain ways. And yet I wouldn't take it back because I know why I did it. I know my purpose and reasons for it. And I was willing to self-correct as I gained the awareness of, hey, maybe you're using this a bit as a form of escapism Mm -hmm. to not deal with certain pieces of your reality, Nathan. And (laughs) it's time to take a step back, which I, I, I spent about two and a half years completely away from from working with plant medicine in order to deeper integrate, Mm -hmm. in order to open my restaurant, in order to really take all the lessons and experiences I had on my journeys and really apply them in my life so they became more real, they became more tangible, and I really became more of a bridge between those worlds rather than going there because it was fun and exciting and there was so much there. And I had to like grow up a little bit and mature to realize like, yes, those beautiful experiences are there. Those powerful experiences are there. And what's actually the most resonant place that I need to be right now within myself. And that was a really powerful lesson. And now having come back to be, you know, working with the medicines again, uh, I feel like I'm in a much more harmonious mm-hmm. state now, and I can get more of the positive benefits with much less of the negative side effects. Right. And I think all of that came up through you just sharing like just such beautiful ownership over your whole experience of like your traveling and your grounding and wow, like just the value in both. I just really appreciated yeah. how you presented all of that.
1: Well, in terms of what you just said, they say you can only be as spiritual as you are grounded. So I think, you know, when you can see these experiences for, you know, um, lessons and challenges, and if you can just see that challenges can be fun, you know, we're on a quest here in this life, so why don't we just look at it that way? Um, You can really alchemize something negative and turn it into part of your story. So I thank you for sharing your story as well. Your plant medicine experience is like my traveling experience, you know? (laughs) pretty freaking awesome, (laughs) probably. You've got great stories, I'm sure. Oh, great trips, yeah. Yeah, but we also see that um, going into those spaces does not take away your depression or your anxiety. Um, And this actually brought me to something that I did last year. And um, I've been a regular cannabis user for about 13 years now in my life. And I never took a break until last year for five months I did it. Mm. And I... Didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know when I'd be, I wanted to do it for a year and I didn't know when I'd be ready. And it just kind of naturally came into my life around this time last year. And I just knew the timing was right. I knew it was gonna be a challenge and I played a game with myself. I just said, you know, if this works out, great. If it doesn't, fine too. I was very, very um, patient and gentle with myself and how I learned how to express self-love and self-care was through that whole process the five months you know I first I just made it a game I said you know maybe I can only smoke once a day and so I made that my game and I did it for a week and then I said you know I'm only going to do it at night now and every other day and then I said only socially you know and I just kind of cut it down more and more and more and I had this habit of before I was living with my mom at the time. So before I'd go home, I'd always park in my spot down the street at an apartment complex and I'd smoke my weed and that was my ritual. But it was more of a habit than a ritual. It was just Mm. something that I did before I went home. And um, I was realizing, you know, maybe this is numbing me out and maybe this is taking away some some of my power. So I still created that ritual of going home and going in my parking spot, but instead of smoking, I decided to just be with myself. And it really showed me a lot of what I was numbing out. It was anxiety, and I was lying to myself about having anxiety this whole time. Um, It was anxiety, it was like stress, you know, and when I could just sit with those emotions and actually allow them to express themselves in whatever ways, like. It's a, it's kind of fun and healthy to have temper tantrums in your car as an adult. <laughs> like set a timer for like 2 to 5 minutes and have your little temper tantrum. Mm. And then come out of it and it's just this huge like charge of energy <laughs> that you just release. You know, so like after going through that process seeing really what your body's screaming at you to attend to before turning to a habit of yours. And so that's really what I learned in that process. Each time I just peeled back a little bit more of of a layer and just another layer and another layer. And after five months, I was seeing how I just, the world looks so different than it had for 13 years of doing cannabis, like habitually. Um, So that's why I think it's so important to take your habits, whether it's around food or any sort of substance or, you know, anything really, like social media, and just make it into a game to see how you can, like, remove that as a habit and use it more constructively. And I think that's, like, another way to achieve self-sustainability. Just small mm. baby steps.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. ugh, I, I love what you shared for, like, multiple reasons. <laughs> um, that's, that's so potent. Um, the, the two things that stand out most about mm-hmm. that, well, first of all, like congratulations mm-hmm. for just being such a badass mm-hmm. and, and really being willing to face and address a behavior pattern mm-hmm. that was so deeply ingrained in you and, and being so honest with yourself and being willing to be with yourself, which is perhaps the scariest thing to do in this life probably even scarier than death mm-hmm. i think a lot of people probably associate yeah. death with yeah. being actually being with yourself well,
1: I, I people are so people always want to be seen but they don't want to see themselves
0: you know Ooh. Um, mm. yeah that's
1: a hard
0: one i haven't heard that before actually yeah. i'm gonna sit with that <laughs> later, uh, that later. <laughs> um, yeah so so first of all that's awesome, I'm I'm working to bring more celebration into my life of myself and others, so I wanna celebrate you for a moment in that huge victory for yourself, that's amazing. Um, the second thing I really love that you talked about was you turned it into a game. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been really being with a lot lately over the last few years and especially recently. Mm-hmm. I actually just switched, I think my tagline on my uh, one of my social media profiles to be like um, something like I'm here to create a new game. I'm here to play i n I'm here to play a new game. Yeah. And and <laughs> hey, that's want to
1: play a game. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a way.
0: <laughs> Seriously, it's like I, I feel like that was the energy I brought to my mm-hmm. song as well. Like it's a song about possibilities and like what if we, mm-hmm. like what if we play a new game? Even this podcast, right? It's like it's a question. Yeah. What the freak? Like what is going on here? Like why? It's like an, an inquisition. It's like trying to discover yeah. and understand and figure out like what is possible mm-hmm. and what's really real mm-hmm. and what's really happening.
1: Yeah. And being okay to know that you don't have to have an answer too, or there is no answer. There's no right answer.
0: Or there's many answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so not like, lenses. but yeah, there's not like one way to mm-hmm. do it. There's not one way to be. Right. And oftentimes when I'm in that space, it feels so heavy when I'm like, it has to be this mm-hmm. way. I, I can't do this. It's just such a space of negativity and just like recurring cycles Mm -hmm. and i just love that that framework you brought in of like viewing it like a game Mm -hmm. and and making it easy to like lean into an easier way and like what if i just smoke maybe once a day let's Mm -hmm. see if i can do that first rather Mm -hmm. than shaming yourself and and like trying to you know yeah you can't shame yourself out of a bad habit Mm -hmm. you really can't and
1: i actually say that shame is is original sin like being ashamed of your experience or who you are, or where you've been? Um, I mean, if you're overcoming and you're doing your due diligence, there should be no shame around how you got to that place. Because you know, um, in my opinion, this in my beliefs, I refer to God. But you know, God does not make mistakes. God leads you exactly where you need to go and only gives you what you can handle. And so, it's like a form of medicine to go through these lessons. Um, and it's just a beautiful like way to weave your story. So, like I say, shame is just it's it doesn't serve anybody. it's it's um the mm. lowest level of uh, vibration of emotion. So it's like once you can absolve yourself of the shame, there's so much like room for growth and looking at the situation and the truth of the situation and and being honest with yourself.
0: Mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I love talking about shame because I experienced well a lot of it mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, growing up in the Catholic religion, shame. <laughs> I, I know you feel me. Then um, any any Catholics or or ex recovering yeah. Catholics, recovered Catholics,
1: cafeteria Catholics.
0: Cap- wait, what?
1: Cafeteria Catholics, they pick and choose.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dope, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's a lot of shame with with most religions, honestly, but yeah, especially that one. It's got its own unique flavor of mm-hmm. shame uh, that you get to experience if you have the Having blessed. to
1: confess your sins at, you know, I don't know, eight years old.
0: <laughs> to some just, old dude yeah, who like.
1: some innocent <laughs> child. I'm like, oh, um, I used to pick on my cat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um but yeah, shame is is so interesting because it's it's such a, a heavy vibration and and it's I think it's only useful to in very specific situations on a very specific step on a journey of healing. Mm-hmm. I think perhaps shaming someone about something might be useful just if they have almost no awareness about right. something that might be useful to look at. Right. But I think we so get stuck. And really on a lot of things on the healing path, like you get stuck on a certain phase Mm -hmm. and we keep trying to use a tool after it's already served the maximum of its useful purpose. Now you need to move beyond that. Okay, once you've brought awareness to something, which I don't think even requires shame, really. Mm -mm. um, There's many ways to bring awareness without having to shame yourself. Now, um, I think the next step beyond that is like, how can I actually create a space to move through this? And I love the example you gave of creating like a temper tantrum container, just like two to five minutes in your car. Like, that's that's so powerful and and so needed. And Mm -hmm. um, I actually just did that for myself a few days ago because uh, a customer wrote a bad review on Yelp and I was feeling frustrated. <laughs> oh. I felt like it was super unfair and, and just wasn't able to like connect with this person in the way I wanted to, to try and like resolve it and they just weren't yeah. having it. And so I just gave myself freedom to just like go off for a few minutes just by myself in my car. And I just said all the things that were coming to my mind, no shame, just got out all the raw emotion And then afterwards, I landed in a much more peaceful and beautiful place. And I was able to find love and compassion for this person. I was able to set new standards and boundaries within myself uh, Mm -hmm. for, you know, how I was going to show up with, you know, what me and my team could do and also what I'm willing and not willing to accept from other people's projections onto us that weren't actually true nor fair. Yeah. Um and and so, you know, next time around like I'm I feel more clear on being able to courageously speak to those projections rather than just eating them or just yeah. like taking them, which I feel like I've been in the habit of in the past because I didn't want to like offend anyone or come off in a way, but it's like no, there was actually some heartfelt truth that needed that wanted to be spoken Mm -hmm. that i was too afraid to speak Um, that there's there's some strong reflections that i actually really wanted to offer this person because there were some incorrect assumptions and judgments Mm -hmm. made about my team and what happened and you know i wasn't willing to do that because i was so caught up in my emotions and so after i gave myself that very specific container to allow that energy to move to allow those emotions Mm -hmm. to move then I was actually able to get clarity but it took a space of non-judgment and a few expletives to like really (laughs) let it out enough so that I could actually come back to a place of truth Mm -hmm. and love and and genuine compassion because I wasn't so stuck up with all of this energetic like filth that was just swirling around in there.
1: We'll see, and that's what awareness brings, right? It brings awareness to the truth of the situation is that we're all human. So, of course, we're going to we're not emotionless robots, even though we've kind of been programmed many times in our in our system to be. Um, so trying to get back to that can be hard. And that's why so many people are so reactionary is because we haven't been taught how to manage our emotions. So when we can take that space for ourselves and recognize what even recognize just what is this emotion because it's not always anger it's maybe and some people are programmed more with anger like probably you and i are um sounds like but um you know (laughs) sadness is one shame is a big one um there's so many different layers to it and so yeah if you can even just identify what that emotion is that's hard sometimes and like it was Mm -hmm. hard for me to identify what that anxiety was when it was coming up when i was um, not smoking cannabis because, you know, it's like being numbed down this whole time. So um, just if if you're out there and you're um, discovering and you're able to identify your emotions, you're doing the work like you mm. really are, like give yourself some credit because it's not always easy to identify th- those emotions mm. and be honest with ourselves about what they are and where they're coming from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really big. Just being able to bring that awareness to yourself mm-hmm. as you're making progress mm-hmm. is such a powerful and useful part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's been a lot of times in my journey where I haven't been the best about acknowledging my progress, nor have I even had the awareness mm-hmm. of the progress I was making because yeah. I didn't have the right people or tools to reflect to myself mm-hmm. how I was showing up different than I used to, which is probably also why I felt called earlier to offer you that reflection and celebration <laughs> of like, yo, fuck yeah, like yeah. you totally like <laughs> moved past some things yeah. and, and you really came to a new place within mm-hmm. yourself and that's beautiful and that's to be celebrated. Like wow, you really overcame something that had some type of control over you that you were giving your power away mm-hmm. to it in some type of way, and you really moved beyond that and you reclaimed a piece of yourself, yeah. a piece of your power, and and how awesome is that? Like yeah. I feel like the world could really use more of that, more of us reclaiming aspects of ourself, of our power, stop giving it away to authorities who don't truly have our best interests in mind, who don't even have the knowledge or wisdom to have our best interest in mind Mm -hmm. like we have to look out for ourselves first nobody else could possibly know me better than me um, if i've really put in a bit of investment into knowing myself like i am my best doctor i am my best coach my best healer not that i can't and don't get support from others i do i very much do receive that support but if i'm not my number one supporter right. like nobody else can be that for me so i resonate with what you were saying earlier on about you know i don't think community can come before like the self and your own what you can give to yourself maybe in tandem with it yeah. i really that that feels good mm-hmm. um but there's always that like just unique independent individual component of like right. me and my work and my self discovery my play even mm-hmm. Um, maybe the work turns into more play over time. Yeah. I've been noticing some of that. but
1: um, Seems like it. You got some a little play place here at your office.
0: I know, right? <laughs> a little office warehouse play yeah. place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I just really uh, appreciate you bringing awareness mm-hmm. to all of that and just giving me a few things to think about as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. It's really, I find it really valuable just like hearing about others healing journeys and i just appreciate like the perspective that you bring you know your yellow (laughs) heart sunglass perspective uh, on this moment Um, everything's
1: through yellow lens today (laughs) (laughs) Uh, most days actually but yes (laughs) but yeah so yeah there's a lot of layers to to being within community and with self too and so i think i mean we've spoken about this before that we're both bridges you know we kind of like to bridge the gap between different communities, and it's almost like this rainbow energy too. And when you were bringing mm. up all the different colored lenses, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> we're definitely like the rainbow children. Like,
2: oh yeah, just
1: all about like <laughs> spreading like unity and connecting all of the different. Like, we're just the branches, I guess, that are the longest ones connecting everyone else. Mm. Um, it's just really interesting to be able to hop between all of those. Unique um, spaces. So I commend you for also being that person. Mm. Um, Because a lot of times we do, we kind of get lost and in the flow and people might forget about us or we're kind of like that only child that's forgotten about. (laughs) Speaking of my soul. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so it's always like, okay, how do I find that presence? And it also goes back to what I said before, which I think I'd love for you to elaborate on your thoughts um, about how people like, everyone wants to be seen, like we're in this society where we all want to be seen, but we want to be seen through a certain lens. And we don't actually wanna see ourselves without the lens. And so I know we spoke about that a little bit before hopping on the Mm. podcast too, about like social media and how we're portraying ourselves is not necessarily like through a filter that might portray the reality of like, or not even the reality, but the complexity of who we really are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'd love to to share more of what's coming up for me on that. I'm going to actually take a deep breath and yeah, really just feel like into that. that a little mm-hmm. more. <sighs> hmm. <sighs> That's something I've been loving doing lately is just mm-hmm. like, taking a conscious pause and yeah. really just taking a deep breath no matter where I'm at even if it's mm-hmm. I'm on a podcast because yeah. then it's it's like an invitation for, for others to also just like take a deep breath or even when we were in mm-hmm. a cacao ceremony yeah. the other night just I didn't even have like saying words didn't actually feel as resonant or potent than just literally offering and inviting the group to just take a few yeah. breaths. Like, we yeah. haven't done
1: that in a while, sitting through all of that intense space. so, And it also was such a great reflection for me, knowing that you don't always have to have something to share or something to say. And it's such a beautiful part of active listening is like, You know, even when you're on a podcast, right, (laughs) you don't always have to respond immediately or you don't always have to um, be thinking about what you're going to say next. And I think that's where we get locked in a lot of times.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good like breaker of just getting so caught in, in the energy of things mm-hmm. that, that all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, there's like so many layers here and they're mm-hmm. all just piling on top of yeah. each other. It's like mm-hmm. things are getting backed up mm-hmm. and I just need to take a few deep breaths to mm-hmm. just like, <sighs> just like let the layers land and weave together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even right now I just feel less anxious than I did two minutes ago mm-hmm. Maybe even anxious isn't the fully right word, but there was just we had moved so much energy and already yeah. traveled so much ground over that's this conversation so that I'm like, whoa, like where are we at right <laughs> oh. now, like? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so true. I feel like it's very exciting. I think excitement is the word you're
0: looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It was like a, a little overwhelm of excitement yeah. energy, yeah. and now I feel a little more rooted and mm-hmm. grounded and centered again. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for also just being with me for that moment and breathing with me.
1: Thanks for taking me on the journey.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now I just have to remember what you asked me about.
1: (laughs) I I can actually elaborate on it too because it's just, it's something I'm still deconstructing myself. And I think it's just because it's such a, it was such a powerful realization for me when I, when I first said it that I'm still sitting with it as well. But it's like, you know, Everyone wants to be seen, but nobody wants to see themselves. Mm. And I, it came up because um, I noticed that a lot of people within the communities, some of the communities I find myself in, a lot of those some some people are searching for like authentic self-expression and they're looking for that within community. And it really brought me to this idea of self-sustainability because people are like looking to be seen in these spaces through how they want to express themselves. But are they doing that because they want to be seen like that? Or are they doing it because, or like, do they even know what their self expression really is? Like, mm. and is it like, yes, there are safe, like, there should be a need and a um, catering to safe spaces where people can discover their self expression in amongst like a community. But um, we should be expressing ourselves regardless of who's watching, I think, is really what it brought me to. And how do you do that? But by going inward, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: like, who are you when nobody's looking? And you should. I had this saying like quite a while ago: live your live life like no one's watching, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what authentic self expression is to me, regardless of if you get ostracized or judged by your community. So it's kind of like this opposite of what other people are looking for, which is this like self expression within community. So. That's where that idea of like everyone wants to be seen, but nobody wants to see themselves came from. It's like, am I doing this just because it's a trend? Am I doing this to be seen in these spaces, but as a form of escapism? Mm. You know. So I threw a lot at you just now, but.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, <laughs> oh. and it, it is a lot, yeah, and it's like quite actually the undertaking to even <laughs> attempt to express all the things that want to come through Mm -hmm. and and could probably speak for at least two hours straight on just this one specific topic because I actually have a lot of passion for it too (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think if I can tune into the couple of most resonant things Mm -hmm. that are coming up for me and thank you for that beautiful share Mm -hmm. and and just like laying the land of Mm -hmm. this like interesting Uh, conundrum is maybe one word I want to use Uh, it's great I haven't used that word in a while actually I'm kind of proud of that Um, uh, yeah so like a couple things I heard in that one is there's this kind of like pull between self-expression and then like expression within community so Mm -hmm. that's one piece of it there's this Uh, piece of like authentic expression versus performative expression. Mm -hmm. So that's like another layer to it. And then um, there's another layer I'm seeing around, how do I describe that? It's like nobody wants to be seen in their worst light or image Mm -hmm. or even truth, Mm -hmm. including oneself. Yeah. And there's like a running away from that and a resisting that, like resisting seeing shadow aspects of self yeah. or parts of ourself that either we or others judge to be not enough. Yeah. And so that's an interesting energy that I think plays into all of this mm-hmm. in various ways. Mm-hmm. And and then even one layer deeper than that, if I if I can reach it, is it. what is the true nature of self of mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and and there's almost i'm feeling almost like this fear around what if the things that i or someone else perceives as the worst parts of me are actually true mm. are actually like the truth of my nature yeah. and i'm afraid to find that out mm. that there's not something underneath that
1: mm. Mm. yeah that's a good one. <laughs> It reminds me of something that one of my teachers told me and he said, you know, if you stare into the light, you'll go blind. But if you stare into the darkness, your eyes will adjust to see. And it's just such a beautiful metaphor to like really looking at those shadow aspects because like the truth really will set you free, you know, but like if you sustain those negative habits or negative qualities about yourself, because you don't want to look at them, it's there's no growth. It's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So that's how I kind of see it when we, when we don't examine maybe like why does this one thing negative keep happening in my life? Like maybe I'm the problem, mm. you know? And that just goes back to everything I've been saying about you know, they used to tell us in my door-to-door sales job back in the day, like, be uncomfortable, be get comfortable with being uncomfortable, and- <laughs>
0: That's so, what my hip-hop mentor used uh, to say a lot, it's actually.
1: A cheesy, it's <laughs> cheesy, but it really, like, put me in that, in that space to just accept, and that goes back to removing the shame, too, you know? It's just all these layers of, you know we're we're only human we are not perfect we did not come here to be perfect we came here to grow <laughs> mm. so you know it 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 makes sense that there's fragments of ourselves that may not be the most beautiful or you know they come from ev- like this trauma that nobody can escape there's and we can't even say everybody's trauma is the same like mm. or you know um, say one's better than the other, worse or, you know, harder or easier. It's just, that's, that's really what brings people together, I think. And not in a way that trauma bonds, but a way that's like, you know, we we are all experiencing something.
0: Hmm. And
1: that's the aspect in community that I think people are looking for. But at what expense? Is it the expense of wanting to be seen and then getting stuck in certain modes of maybe this isn't who I am it's like kind of like the the downside of being a chameleon or it's also like you know getting stuck in the trauma and developing a trauma bond within these communities that doesn't really solve anything and a really great example of that for me is just like and I, I don't judge anybody that goes to protests or anything, but like mm-hmm. my idea about protests is like, there's all these people and they they all want similar things, but they may not want like all of the same things or they may not have an idea of what the end result is or they may not have, and they actually certainly don't all have the same ideas of how to get there. Yeah. So I think that's why it's important to go inward first rather than like, go to a a very broad community like one that would be like gathered around like the protest space um, if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah i'm glad you brought this example up and this is uh something that i've really wrestled with a lot because i have friends who are very much in like certain protest Mm -hmm. communities and i really do as much as i possibly can honor and respect Mm -hmm. and, and have a certain just like non-judgmental like support of what they're doing. Right. And I don't personally feel super called to those spaces usually, because a lot of times at least the energy I get, the energetic I mm-hmm. experience when I'm in those spaces mm-hmm. is is one of, of really fighting against something mm-hmm. that, that oftentimes feels like it's coming from a similar level of whatever the problem is that's yes. being fought against. And it almost is this like, perpetuating thing that maybe makes certain progress but it a lot of times i don't feel like i'm in too much of a solution energy Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm in a like eternally Mm -hmm. like perpetuating cycle and it just it feels very heavy and so for me you know I do my best to show up with reverence Mm -hmm. for whatever suffering that that specific community might be experiencing and and do my best to better understand who they are and what their cause is and what their experience is. Um, And I personally feel more drawn to just in in, in a different direction. And and I feel like... (sighs) the best way I can actually support whatever the actual core sufferings are that are being mm-hmm. experienced there is by, one, connecting to those people, yes. two, connecting to in whatever way I can relate and and work to eradicate that suffering right. within myself, yeah. and, and then three, work to create more spaces for healing, yeah. create more space for connection, exactly. create more space for the positive... Um, Alternatives that will actually prevent those problems from ever happening. Right. For example, if there is a, a community that's experiencing a lot of violence or murder or, or whatever it might be, to me, fighting against that violence will only go so far. But if I, if we can create spaces where we can truly heal ourselves and, and see each other truly as brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. truly as other human beings that are part of our family, I'm mm-hmm. going to do everything in my power. If I have a disagreement with someone or if there's some type of inequity happening, mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to actually love on and connect with mm-hmm. my brother rather than lashing out in violence because I don't see him as human, like right. dehumanizing that other human being. Um mm-hmm. For me, a lot of of outer problems I see in the world happen because of what I term dehumanization. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've been trying on this this identity, this term, this this purpose as a rehumanization catalyst. Mm -hmm. And that's been a term that came to me over the last year that I've been really like leaning into and stepping into more fully is how can I reignite Connection and connection, like connection and perception of yeah. the other as like the self, as another aspect of myself. Like you are another cell in the body mm-hmm. of humanity, of yeah. our species, mm-hmm. and and you're actually not much different than me, like at a core fundamental level. Yeah. And so that's kind of my current experience and connection to like the protest communities right. and, and what I experience in that space, and and where and why I'm pouring my energies to support those communities. And, yeah. you know, and like, I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. I don't know what all the solutions are. And I think everyone should continue doing what they best feel in their hearts and, and pouring their love and support to those who they feel called to do so. And and I'm going to continue Doing my best to create conversations to create spaces uh-huh. that we can all find those deeper healings for ourselves first and foremost and then to learn to embody those qualities that will prevent a lot of these problems from ever happening in the first place yes. by becoming just deep embodiments of of higher or deeper or truer aspects of self
1: yeah yeah, beautifully said. <laughs> beautifully said. Ooh, that's
0: uh, a that's a big topic.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a big topic. It's a big topic, but it really ties into a lot of things that have been coming up for me in relation to like the self sustainability thing, and you know, it, it really the change really starts within, I believe, um, because. It's just like you said, when you go into those spaces, I mean, they're not for everybody. I think there are good people doing great work in those spaces by, you know, but also, um, I believe that a lot of us are called to go inward first to figure out if this is a space for us or not. Um, And it's also like, you know, are we, are we speaking so loudly that we're drowning out the voices that we're trying to give a platform to as well? So that's that's like a whole other topic, but (laughs) it ties into into like the protest space that I brought up. And just the idea that, you know, you said something earlier that reminded me of a concept of like, you know, everybody wants to talk about how we need a revolution and, you know, the word revolution gets thrown out a lot and it came up a lot. You know the last all these last go arounds Every time there's a major shakeup within society and people come out to protest over whatever it is, Shake up. Um, they, you know, <laughs> they they throw the term revolution around. And if you look at the word revolution, and you deconstruct it. It really it literally means reevolution. It means to mm. revolve. It means revolve like a revolving Ooh. door at a hotel. You know, and it's almost like we keep going in these cycles over and over and over again and we're not actually making any progress. They're just throwing a a hot topic at us in the media and it's something to rile us up and distract us from actually making any progress because what we really need is evolution. We came here, in my opinion, our, our main purpose for humanity is to grow and evolve. And the, you know, the powers that were, not the powers that be, but the powers that mm, were. I
0: like that. Ooh. They,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that feels so much better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to claim that one. That was um, the water priestess. I follow her and she, mm. she's she been using that. Um, but yeah, the powers that were, you know, they really throw a lot at us and they have the best methods to now with the technology that they have. and all this online stuff for, you know, Instagram and Facebook and social media in general. It's like whatever they tell us to focus on, we somehow see as this bright, shiny object and we focus on it when really like the answer again is going within and figuring out what is my purpose? What are my gifts? What do I have to offer the world that's going to instill a lasting change? Um, Create sustainability on a larger scale by creating the self-sustainability because the laws of nature are you know to and to start small and grow mm. so i mean like no major body of work has been created like from the outside in right like a book didn't just materialize of nowhere <laughs> somebody had to go page by page to write it so or even yeah. layer
0: by layer within themselves to be even able to go page by page yeah, to write it or
1: just books
0: we're just living books. <laughs> yeah,
1: and time travel is real. It's like going back into your past to retrieve parts of yourself that you left behind, you know. So, but just going back to, to you know, just like gathering in groups and everything. And what we perceive as chaos is really order because natural law is like there's a course correction of like what's going on in the world. But humanity has this weird thing of approaching what they perceive as chaos because it's on such a we you know, we live such a small chunk of our lives, perceiving something that's really big.
2: Mm. The
1: world and the reality that we're in is gonna course correct and, and apply order where it's needed. So when we continue to create more chaos in these spaces, shake up the system, you know, all that, we're we're just perpetuating the chaos. So I believe these systems—I'm all over the place right now, but um, I believe these systems— There's there's order in your chaos. There's, there's so much order in my chaos, <laughs> at least in my mind, you know, If all you could see it. But, but yeah, so I'm, I guess the point I'm getting to here is just that, you know, the systems that we perceive as terrible and bad, like, while they are— <laughs> So there's so much that's happened and there's so much not working for us as a society. I believe we do have to keep these systems in place and infiltrate them and make them ours mm. instead of starting from scratch and tearing it all down. So that's just I guess my two cents on the whole matter of, you know, going outward and trying to rile things up that way versus, you know, focusing really inward and seeing where you can slip into the system and like mm. make it make part of it work for you and others as well
0: yeah oof i i love the thread you just landed on and i think this could be the last thread that we kind of wrap Perfect. things up with i think it'll bring a lot of it together so, which what i want to say on this piece and i feel like we're gonna to have to have some kind of sequel part two because yeah. there's like so much <laughs> that we could go into on that but i love where you're landing because when i feel into trying to create a revolution and fucking tear the system mm-hmm. down. There's infinite ways that I could see wrong in the systems. Mm-hmm. There's infinite ways I could see abuse and suffering and and weird, effed up pieces happening and 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 I could spend infinite lifetimes trying to destroy and try to rebuild from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I, and once I destroy it all, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm just laying in the rubble, and I'm like, "What did I mm-hmm. do?" Yeah. You know. And I feel like that is where we're headed if we keep trying to slam our head against a wall in that way. And that's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of over the last two years, these, you know, more reactionary solutions that that we've been as a society trying to implement to whatever's coming up. Mm-hmm. And yet that's not gonna get us anywhere, really. Yeah. And and it's funny, cause that, when I feel into that, it feels like an infinite, like ugh, like nothingness, like <laughs> destruction, just like nothing good is gonna come of me leaning into that reality, and it's gonna be an endless cycle. Mm-hmm. And yet, if I reverse the energetic of that, and I just look deep within and, and, and instead become curious, mm-hmm. curious about myself, curious about my purpose, my mm-hmm. capabilities, who I am, who I can become. And, and if I become deeply curious about the systems that are in place, mm-hmm. about the people that currently exist, about the behaviors that are playing out on our planet right mm-hmm. now, What if instead of condemning, judging, and and trying to destroy or push away or fight against these things, I actually become deeply curious about them. I love that. What would that open up? Mm -hmm. What would happen there? Mm -hmm. And when I feel into that possibility, there's actually one very clear path forward, Mm -hmm. which is showing up to each experience each conversation with curiosity, mm. showing up to each system that is not of the highest alignment mm-hmm. or optimal expression and wondering first, like, why does this exist? There's, yeah. there's some type of human need, societal need on why this thing exists, however imperfect it might be. Mm-hmm. What is the core when we peel back all the layers? Why does this thing exist? Mm-hmm. And what's at the root of it? What is the root human need that we're trying to fulfill? with this piece of society, with this piece of our system. And, and once we get to the roots of why these different things are here and exist, now we can start to become curious, how can we better meet these needs? Yeah. How can we better show up in a way that we can fulfill all of our needs for ourselves Mm -hmm. individually and collectively and how can we transform these systems into something that is actually life-giving rather than life-taking it's like i was just talking to a friend right before this it's like a knife can be used to stab someone Mm -hmm. or to cut vegetables and make a beautiful meal Mm -hmm. and that can nourish you
1: from like bondage
0: yeah to cut to cut the ropes to cut the chains yeah it's uh need a sharp knife to cut chains, but uh, (laughs) 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 maybe like a hacksaw. Uh, But um, it's, yeah. So again, even tying it back to uh, Mm -hmm. something we were talking about at the very beginning, like everything at its core can be neutral. Mm -hmm. And it's like Mm -hmm. what we pour into it is what it becomes. Mm -hmm. So like these systems that maybe for a long time, we've poured this energy into them that have made them these kind of like half useful half life sucking things like such a mixed bag of experience like what if we could pour more and more just pure love and empowerment and energy into them so that we can transform those from the inside out right um and i think that ties everything back to the first topic you brought up of self-sustainability how can i pour into myself because i'm a mixed bag right Mm -hmm. i've been and and continue to evolve, but I've been a mixed bag of good and bad things right. if we want to label them those things of of you know enjoyable and, and fulfilling and empowering experiences and also like very constrictive and harmful experiences um, for myself right. and others. and it's like how can I purify myself? How can I become a more benevolent, true authentic expression of God, of love, of yeah. whatever the deepest things I can perceive, that make life work and exist Um, and as I purify myself now I can actually give that energy and and infuse Mm -hmm. that into the systems into the communities that I'm a part of Um, but if I haven't done that for myself I can only give what I have I can only transmit who I am and what frequency I'm genuinely vibrating at so it really does come all back to self and, yes. and self-purification, self-evolution, self-sustainability. I, I can't be a part of the change in the external way unless I've done that with myself.
1: And I believe the microcosm really reflects the macrocosm in so many ways, as people say is above, so below, all that good stuff. Um, It really is true, you know, what the ills of our society are attributed to our own personal ills that we don't confront. And then we go out and pour out side of ourselves what we are not filling up within. Mm -hmm. So it's a great example. And just to go uh, a little bit deeper with what you said about, um, you know, being curious. I think it's also being educated, you know, being educated on yourself and what makes you you and what your triggers are. Is just as important as being educated on the social is- issues around us and also educating ourselves on these systems that we criticize and want to tear down.
2: Hmm. Because,
1: like, when knowledge is power and they don't want us to even fully understand, like, laws that we're subscribing to and, you know, the legal system, like, we have to become our own lawyers and our own advocates now. We have to become our own, like, best uh, point of knowledge as far as, like, our own individual biology. Um, and we have to become like our biggest so- source of support, and you know there's all these people out there that work for the system without even knowing about it, and people wonder, you know how can they contribute to this? Well, it's just the it goes back to knowledge is power, and mm. the more we know about the systems, the more we can go in and take them and claim reclaim them as our own mm. and that can also be said within you know,
0: wow. Yeah, I feel like that's a good uh, anchor point for our next mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. is how how do we do that? Yeah. How do we how do I become my own best lawyer, mm-hmm. doctor, yeah. coach, physician, Financial yeah, social advisor. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's like at the end of the day if I'm not fully responsible for all aspects of my life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: no one else is going to be able to do that mm-hmm. for me. And yet I'm not an expert or meant to be an expert at every specific thing, right? So it's like, how can I maybe leverage or utilize my community or others who have gone before me who have walked certain paths? How can I learn from them to shorten my learning curve or, or learn what right. I need to know for myself right now, at least? Right. And, and you know, that could even, again, not to go into this <laughs> topic, but like the whole education system, yeah. why are we not taught certain basic life skills and how can we incorporate those so that every, per, every human being growing up in any society on this planet can have the fundamentals of how to actually function as a educated, fulfilled, thriving individual mm-hmm. so they can actually contribute to society yeah. in the most deep, meaningful ways. But that has to start with self, that has to start with creating a culture Mm-hmm. Of self discovery and self empowerment and self healing and development, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so let's let's kind of like table yeah. that for, for the next discussion because I could, totally. I'm sure we could both I, go I off mean, super hard, that, but please add any uh, I mean, last thoughts you want to. Great add. last
1: thought it's just that you know, for anybody listening, this it's never been a better time to learn about yourself and about the systems. Like we have a whole wealth of knowledge at our fingertips. Uh, the internet's still a thing for us, you know. <laughs> Granted, there's a lot of misinformation out there, but, you know, be your own advocate by educating yourself. And there's so many resources out there for for any modality of healing that can be tailored to you. So, yeah, curiosity, education, self-exploration, all very important things, and it's never been a better time.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. It was an amazing conversation. Yes. We covered a lot of ground in a, a short period of time. Yeah, I and
1: appreciate you having me on. This has been really fun.
0: Yeah, great just conversation. Um, as I was mentioning to you earlier, I started this whole podcast because I was just having such good conversations with close friends. And I was like, dang, I wish someone could have been there for that. I wish someone could have heard that. Like the conversation in itself was so self-fulfilling mm-hmm. just just it was enough just between us um, and I was like I want more like I, yeah. I wish someone was like listening in and ha- was able to like experience what the the beautiful conversation we just had so thank you for just mm-hmm. showing up with such a a big heart and an mm-hmm. open mind and it was just really amazing connecting yeah. with you and I can't wait for the next time
1: Yeah, part two, and it will go even deeper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Nathan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much.